0: The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 36 How has sponsorship developed in modern day sport? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. My goal each week is to provide you a sports professional in a specific field in the sports industry. I hope today's show can inspire and encourage you to be the best you can be in your profession. Now getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Sophie Morris. Sophie is a chartered marketer and the current director of marketing and sponsorship at Mill Harbour Marketing. In the last 14 years, Sophie has built a wealth of knowledge and experience in the sports industry, especially in the rugby sector, where Sophie was involved in the 2015 RFU Rugby World Cup Legacy Committee. In today's show, we will discuss how sponsorship has a major role in modern-day sport. Sophie, it's a privilege to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start?
1: Well, thank you, and it also it's a pleasure to be on your show, and so thank you for inviting me. Uh, the sports career started when I was a director of marketing and financial services actually I worked for a stockbroker for eight years and as a company we started sponsoring rugby the Barbarians rugby team and I fell in love with the game I really enjoyed working on the sponsorship it it was two games a year but it was really uh, very exciting uh, work and um, at the same time um, I could see sort of uh, getting involved in that sporting world. I could see other rights holders who perhaps um, weren't kind of pitching in the most effective way when they were were pitching their sponsorships. And I could also see some sponsors who weren't particularly making the most of their sponsorship. So whilst I had this kind of new interest in, in sponsorship myself, I could see there was a lot of development and a lot of opportunity. And that's when I uh, left that job and started my own company to, to help rights holders and brands and really uh, along the way I'm um, having fallen in love with the sport of rugby I took many volunteer roles at a club uh, sponsorship volunteer level at county management level on the the RFU which is England rugby's governing body on their rugby growth committee and I was fortunate enough to sit on the legacy committee for the rugby world cup 2015 so I kind of went headlong into Sport having spent quite a long time in financial services, and and uh, here I find myself today. That sounds really interesting.
0: Just sticking on the old rugby topic, how have you seen that sport grow? Because really, in regards to that sport, it was very amateur, you know, like twenty five years ago. So, how have you seen it grow from a professional point of view?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a younger sport as uh, as far as being professional um, is concerned. Um, it's certainly grown and. On that same professionalism and point, in terms of commercial and, and marketing and ability of, of the clubs, I think they have got a lot smarter. They've realised that in order to be commercial and get sponsors, they they have to be a lot more professional in the in the commercial sense. I think there's, there's still some way to go. And I- not just for rugby, for for a lot of sports, even those that we might sort of think are the pinnacle of, of sporting businesses. I think everyone still still has some some way to learn, and you know, if we if we don't have that viewpoint that we can learn and develop, then that's not a good place to be. I think. Absolutely. In regards going back to
0: your career now, how have you seen the sports industry now grow throughout your career?
1: Well, I think it's you know the, the kind of the digital revolution that we, we found ourselves in um, has just made it so much easier for sponsors and rights holders to just access markets that they they couldn't do before you, when you think of if you've got a stadium that seats whether it's 20,000 80,000 however many that that was kind of your audience that's who you were selling to and now you can access people in a in many many different ways and in in, in reality you know the whole world is your potential fan base so i think the opening up of those digital technologies to the fan base has clearly been been huge and therefore how the sporting world takes advantage not only of, of that market opening up, but in the the way that technology is enabling us to, to better engage with those fans. So, you know, whether it's the use of kind of 360 degree cameras and virtual reality and all these things that are, are still very new and people are still getting to grips with. So, yeah, it's it's really it's changed the game, and you, you have people who are having to learn on the job. What are these technologies? How can we use them? How can we apply them? So it's made it a, a very interesting uh, place and a very yeah, very quickly changing uh, environment to be in, but obviously for for more industries than than just sport as well.
0: With regards to the listeners listening in, what core skills do you think people need? With regards to working in sport, uh,
1: for me personally, coming from a, a sort of a marketing orientated side of things, whether it's marketing or sponsorship, I, I would I believe very strongly that some level of marketing education is is needed, whether that's a formal qualification or some other form of training. Um, I think it's very important to have that theoretical underpinning to understand what you're trying to do from a strategic point of view. Otherwise, really, you're just doing what you personally think is the best idea or you know what some, some research tells you your customers want. But unless you have the framework to, to model that and put it into practice, I think you're never really going to be as, as effective as you can be. So um, certainly on the commercial side of sport, I, I would recommend having, having some form of formal education in, in marketing would, would be something that I strongly recommend to anyone.
0: Absolutely. I think that's an area I'm learning throughout this podcast journey. Understanding the marketing aspect is massive and it's so pivotal in sport as well with regards to fans on Twitter or followers on Instagram, for example. Just relating now to today's main topic, how has sponsorship developed in modern day sport?
1: Well, as we mentioned before, with rugby, I think it has become more professional um you know it's not very long ago where sponsorship really just meant putting a logo on a shirt and having some hospitality tickets um hopefully we are moving very swiftly away from that and, and that position is is a long way away now and and actually Companies, rights holders, and brands are understanding that this really has a core place in, in the heart of the, the marketing and the promotional mix. And it shouldn't just be a PR stunt or an event, you know, a, a, just a ticketing hospitality event. It really is a platform that can help brands to, to achieve an awful lot of their marketing objectives. Where, where other platforms, such as advertising or events or PR, can achieve one thing, sponsorship really provides you a platform for all of those. Things coming together, so I think brands are certainly taking it more seriously. Um, it's uh, a big investment play for pretty much anyone involved in sponsorship, and I think that the industry is getting better at measuring uh, what sponsorship does for their brands. And I think that the, the rights holders are uh, realizing that, that they have they have a role in helping the brands to make the most of it. You know, you can't just sell a deal. And okay, great, let's celebrate that and turn up a year later to ask them if they want to renew anymore. You you have to to help that sponsor to really create a, a kind of a partnership with them. So so that there is no renewal conversation actually. It's just a what are we going to do next, not are we going to do something next. And then the focus on digital as well, which actually can be a good and a bad thing. so we've talked about it being disruptive and yeah it's hard, it's hard to keep pace of these things and there are companies out there that that will help us. but I think that it's really important that you remain strategic in in the use of digital, particularly when we're talking about digital marketing and using social media. it's And this is, I'm gonna come back again to the education point. We, most of us use social media every day in our lives. Um, but I think it's a very different thing how you use it personally to how you use it professionally and understanding that the content that you are pushing out on a daily basis How is that actually going to achieve the objectives that you've set? So setting some strategic filters and what kind of content do we need to push out and to which audiences and identifying those different customer pathways. So, yeah, being more professional and uh, making the most of digital, but doing so in a strategic way.
0: Was this the reason why you set up your own company? Yes, mostly, yeah. Would you mind explaining to the listeners uh, what your company is all about?
1: Yeah, sure. We are a strategic marketing and sponsorship consultancy. So obviously we do, we do work in sponsorship. Um, for the rights holder, that means really making sure that they have a, a clear sponsorship strategy so they understand um, what they need from sponsorship, which isn't always... You know, check or some cash. It could be they need uh, some equipment. It could be that they need new computers in the office or a new facility, or they need hotels and accommodation and travel. Or it could be they need technology providers to help them with the performance of their team. So really, understanding what are the main objectives of uh, the rights holder, whether it's a club or a league or a tournament. And how can they use sponsorship to achieve all of them, not just the revenue objective? And then we try and use um, a model um, with our rights holders, which is our ABBA model, which is audience, brand and assets. So really understanding who your audience is, not just the demographics, but their behavioural information as well. And who your audience is now and also who you're trying to target. So how will your audience change? And that then allows you to start targeting which sponsors are trying to target that audience who 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 do you have an audience match with if you like then to have a real strong brand identity and be able to really succinctly say who you are what you stand for what your values are again so that you can find a brand that has a really strong alignment with those values Um, not only because that then makes sense from a partnership point of view but it's likely to be quite a long partnership as a result of that and lastly looking at assets What assets do you have that um, you can offer that will help a potential sponsor uh, reach their their marketing objectives? Is it exposure and they need their logo everywhere? Are they looking for direct sales and you need to put them directly with your fan base? So what kind of assets can you use? So that's briefly kind of what we do with with rights holders. And and on that audience point, um, you know, having CRM system and insight is is really critical. I think most companies have a, a CRM or customer relationship management system now, but it's how how do you use that? How do you use the insights and how can you analyse that data and, and actually make it work for you in, in your everyday marketing? Then for uh, brands, uh, we basically assess a sponsorship is uh, something that's appropriate for them is it going to help them achieve their objectives we'll help them find a property that will match on again that audience brand and assets and help them to activate integrate that with the rest of their marketing and of course most importantly to to measure how it works
0: i find this area of the sports industry what you do really really fascinating in your opinion how important are those communication skills during the partnership or sponsorship agreement process
1: it's it's absolutely essential you know you are We're talking more about partnership than sponsorship. I personally don't really have a preference for the word we use. I think sponsorship is less confusing, but we always say that you should go in with a partnership mentality and a partnership approach. And in any partnership, communication, being open and honest is is absolutely critical. And not only so you both Um, have the same expectations and understanding of of what the partnership will be. But the more that you understand about each other's strategies, the more that you'll be able to help. It may be that the brand has a change of strategy or they're they're doing a different uh, marketing campaign in the next six months and you just so happen to be launching a new type of membership and actually maybe the two could could fit together well but if you don't talk and you don't know that then you don't really know how you'll be able to help each other so we say that the more often you can speak um then the better because you learn more about each other and you're better able to help each other and uh, and that comes down to quite a formal process of, of reporting and reporting what assets have you used and uh, what assets are available and what's the, the measurement that a rights holder can provide to a brand. But equally, coming back the other way for the, for the sponsor to be able to say, this is how we're measuring it. This is how it's working. Uh, and if it's not working, being flexible enough to, to change it. OK, we're going to swap these assets out for, for something else because, you're not using your hospitality, but we know that you could really use another ambassador uh, appearance in your next marketing campaign. So being being very open and honest and having a partnership approach. And I think it's the difference between that sort of relationship uh, marketing rather than a sales or transaction led marketing. Because if it's a sale, you're, you're asking them to buy from you, it's a purchase. So when it comes around to a new, you're asking them to, to, to buy it again. And if it wasn't a, a perfect process for them, then that changes their decision. Maybe they won't buy it. Whereas if you're going in with a partnership um, and they're built into that for the long term, then you're working really closely together. If it doesn't work out, you're, you're changing it and you're improving it. So uh, I kind of think that most problems in the world are created by the lack of communication and the problems are solved through communication. So communicate is essential. <laughs>
0: I have to agree on that point as well. I always think it relates to good relationship building as well. Out of interest, what have you been up to recently?
1: Um, we've been working, uh, we have several clients. Um, the, I guess the most relevant to this conversation is we work with a, a sponsor of a, a premiership rugby team. And we just did quite a nice measurement piece for them. So they, they've been sponsoring a rugby team They with the objective of raising brand awareness. But they, they weren't really... Very sure how to measure that or, or what effect it had had. So, as part of a, a, a wider marketing research piece for them, we we surveyed um, the fan base of, of that of that club and also the general public in the same the same geographic area um, to see to see what the difference was. And we found that um, the kind of the score increase for brand awareness and brand understanding were sort of 26%, 27 percent higher. With the rugby fan base than they were with the general public, and this was uh, with them uh, doing a, a quite sort of basic level of activation. Let's say they, they were activating the rights that they had, but not doing too much more beyond that. Um, and then the propensity to purchase was was higher as well. So that was really good for us because that directly informed the renewal process that they were having with the rights holder. Um, if they hadn't have had that information, you know, they may well have made a, a different decision. So it was really very um, fulfilling to understand that we've made a, a big difference to their their understanding of, of sponsorship. Um, and then outside of client work, um, I'm a board director of the European Sponsorship Association, so we're very busy with them at the moment doing a strategic review so understanding what it is that the, the members of, of ESSA want and how we can position ourselves to deliver that. And one quite big project and um, that I've undertaken as well is to lead a working group to write the Industry Best Practice Guide to Sponsorship Measurement. So bringing as many people together in the industry as possible to help everyone learn and, and really raise the standard of sponsorship.
0: That sounds really interesting. Just on a personal note, though, what do you enjoy the most from
1: the work you do? Gosh, I think it's it's probably the the variety. Uh, having worked for, for one company for eight years, to now every single day, um, we, yeah, we have we have a, a set bank of clients, if you like, but every single day is is different. Doing something else every day, dealing with different sides of uh, a sponsorship or a sporting relationship, but also with different industries. We we work also with um, suppliers to the sporting industry on their marketing strategy. So, you know, it doesn't have to be sport related you know it's, it's straight marketing strategy work so the variety is is really interesting but the the point about sport um is that it was a real real passion point for me before i started working in it and i was quite fixed in my career in financial services and hadn't really realized that sport was a potential career option um and so now having sort of meeting my my passions outside of work with what I do for a living is, yeah, it makes every day pretty special actually.
0: I can definitely hear the passion through the mic in regards to the work you do and I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in the sports industry?
1: I think do what you're passionate about. Um, I mean I mean, really it's it's very tempting to to get a job with a whatever you seem to be the most prestigious organisation or, in fact, who's who's paying the biggest salary. Um, but I think happiness in a role is worth far more than salary. So I would say do do what you're passionate about. We spend a lot of hours a day working. Make sure it's something that you're, you really love. I couldn't agree more with the side of being
0: happy in, in the work you do and find that through this podcast journey. Out of interest, how
1: can people interact with you? Sure, they can email me. I'm at sophie at millharbormarketing.com. You can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn at sophie lj morris, and our website is millharbormarketing.com if anyone wants to take a bit deeper look into what we do.
0: That is great. To all the listeners listening in, all of Sophie's links with regards to how you can contact her will be on my website relating to this blog post. Sophie, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ed. What a really insightful interview by Sophie and I really do hope you had your pen and paper there taking notes during that interview because if you want to work in sponsorship or marketing, there are so many key elements with regards to the skill set you need to be able to work in this sector of the sports industry. The biggest area that I have taken from this interview is having good communication skills because by having those skills of communicating with different people by building relationships that will make the difference of getting new clients on board and really creating value for them because sponsorship is about a win-win situation for yourself but also the people you're working with with regards to their brand or what objectives they want to achieve when they're sponsoring their brand with a football team for example but most of all if you do want to get involved I'd highly recommend heading to Sophie's website because there are so many good little resources. She has some great little videos with regards to what she promotes on YouTube where you can get some more information if this is an area you'd like to pursue a career in. I'd highly recommend it and get involved. Now, as always at the end of each interview, i like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Sophie said, do what you're passionate about We spend a lot of hours a day working. Make sure you do something you love and enjoy.